0: Before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that tickets to The One, which is our two-day in-person leadership experience, are now available at early bird pricing. So if you're in Australia or New Zealand, then you're absolutely going to want to check this out. The One is designed to expand leadership capacity, with big shifts reported from participants in confidence, communication, directiveness, solutions thinking, decision making, and even conflict resolution. You can check out the case studies over on the website of people who have already done this event and the results they experienced across multiple areas of their lives months later. It has just been such a catalyst for change. That's been more impactful and I've had more revelations and light bulb moments go off than anything that I've ever looked at. I feel like my perspective has completely shifted. It's just it's been life-changing for me. Do yourself a favour and get this locked in for yourself before prices go up. Grab your tickets to one of the events in either Australia or New Zealand over at oneliveevent.com. It's also linked below. Welcome to the Lead A New Future podcast. I'm Kate Ruby Aroha, a senior leadership trainer with close to two decades of experience. The leadership I'm about is one that values respect and transparency while harnessing our ability to effect change. With a clinical background, I've worked within highly acclaimed leadership teams in the health sector of New Zealand, before spending a decade facilitating advanced leadership experiences across multiple countries. And here's the thing about leadership. Leadership is just as important within our homes as it is within every level of our community, teams and organisations. In this podcast, you'll find a variety of conversations that connect to our leadership and our lives, where we can impact what matters, where it matters. Let's get into it. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast. We are going to talk about multitasking. Yep. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, it's... uh, Really easy to think that multitasking is something that's going to help us get more done. And I want to blow the ass out of that theory <laughs> and uh, talk a bit about actually the science of what happens in our brain when we try to multitask. Did you notice where I put that emphasis? Try. Why is that? Because actual multitasking is a freaking myth. And I'm going to talk to you about like why that's the case and actually what's really important. So here's the thing. It is a myth that we can multitask. We cannot multitask. Well, actually, let's be a little bit more specific. When we look at doing two things at once, we cannot perform two tasks at the same time that require high-level brain function at once, okay? So yeah, if it's low-level functions like, um, let's say, walking while breathing. Yep, we can get that sorted, no problem. But if it's two high-functioning, high-level brain function things, no, we can't do those two things at the same time. So let's say I'm talking to you now. It would be hard for me to talk here now with this episode while also thinking about what I'm going to get at the supermarket later today, right? Because it requires the same part of my brain and that part of my brain cannot do the same thing at the same time and what a lot of people refer to as multitasking or what they think they're doing when they're multitasking is actually their brain is frantically trying to switch back and forward between two tasks so what they're not, they're not multitasking, it's just that their brain is switching back and forward between these tasks and then therefore what actually happens is we, we lose a huge amount of productivity in that process and the switching back and forward. What's really supportive is if we can give ourselves the space, the permission, the focus to choose the one thing that we're focusing on and then really go deep into it. What it allows our brain to do is get deep into the gear that that space requires and we get a deeper level of work and effectiveness with that thing so for example today i am batching these the recordings of these podcasts so i'm literally all about this at the moment i'm just sitting here and i'm going from episode to episode to episode and i'm getting a lot more work done i'm deep in the mode of these conversations and what I'm not doing is then in between going and talking with my team, I'm not checking emails, I'm not responding to things, I'm not switching in and out of gears. Research actually shows is that when we're distracted by something, so let's say you're in a deep focused state with something and then you're distracted, the phone beeps and you answer a phone call, someone comes to the door and you open it and you answer it, To go from after that, whatever that secondary conversation or attention span has been, to come back to what you were doing, the research shows that it actually takes like 25 minutes to get back into that deep focused state that you were in before the interruption. Think about that for a moment. Think about that then in terms of how much productivity do we lose by constant switching in and out of tasks. And what do we sacrifice? Well, we sacrifice actually getting into a deep productivity state or a deep state of engagement with that thing. And, you know, I definitely know that create creative tasks, like whether it's writing or speaking or things like that, for me, like I need to get into the zone for that. And when I get into the zone, then shit starts pouring out and I'm all about that thing. Right? But that's when I actually allow myself to get into that space. And then I want to stay in that space for as long as what I can to really maximise and optimise and like milk that deep state that I'm in. But if I'm making myself vulnerable to distractions... It means I might get into that state, but then the, something beeps on my phone, someone comes to my door, and then I'm in and out of that. Therefore, my brain is switching between things. Therefore, I don't get to, one, give myself the opportunity to really get into a deep state that really has me go deep and become really productive and creative with that time period that I have. So that's a huge missing. It's a huge opportunity cost of not being able to go into that deep space of creativity. But then, like as soon as I come back, um, I'm kind of like swimming with the surface with my thinking, and I've got to sacrifice time to get back into that deep state. So yeah, I think this is really important to actually understand, is that one, our brain cannot multitask. It cannot do two high-level brain function things at the same time. It can just do one. And what you think is multitasking is actually your brain trying to switch in and out rapidly between tasks which does not allow you to get into a deep space with that with one task and then really do it justice. So I think that's really important to know. How I use this in my own life actually No, before I do that a couple of facts. So we can be in a deep state of focus for up to two hours before our brain actually requires a break of around 20 to 30 minutes. So, what that means, for example, for a day like this, is that I'm going to record like two to three episodes at a time just sitting here. Then I'm going to get up and I'm actually going to go for a walk and I'm going to just like switch gears entirely. And it almost helps to replenish your brain. And then when I come and sit back down, and then I'm back into it fully for another few episodes, then I go back, go for a walk. And what I've set up in, in my environment that's really, really, really important is that when I'm working, when I'm doing this, I don't want people coming and knocking on my door because if I'm in this kind of a a brain space and then someone comes in and just asks a quick question but it's just a quick question it's not just a fucking quick question What it does is it undoes the the space that my brain has gotten into, and it actually has a way bigger impact than just like perhaps the two minutes it takes to answer the question. I think this is actually comes down to also what's really important is actually to truly deeply value our time, the work that we're doing, etc. So with that being said, one of the ways in which I support myself during my days is one, make sure I batch. So batching is really important to me. So for example, I'm batching today podcast recording because I'm just allowing my brain to be about this today. I batch coaching. Most of my clients know coaching's pretty much on Fridays. And Fridays is when I do coaching and then I just do them one after the other and I'm super in a fucking coaching mode. And then I have days, frequent days that I just have absolutely no no bookings, no anything. That's my creativity days. And then, um you know we've got a really hard rule in our team that people do not contact me with questions in our team. say that again, people do not contact me with questions in our team. and if someone does have a question for me that is important for me to answer and they can't get the answer from anywhere else and they can't get the answer from within the team or with from the ops manager, and let's say it has to come to me for a certain reason um, but also there's some really clear ground rules around that and really clear expectations and other avenues to come to before me so we really kind of eliminate as much noise as possible there. If they do need to come to me then it's actually done in our project management app and I want to talk about that. So that for example is if people put the questions in there then every couple of days what I do is then sit down in the project management app and batch while I'm in admin mode, bulk answering any of the questions that are in there. And so that then just protects my brain space throughout the days because people aren't coming to me with small things throughout the day. We've got to really understand the impact of small questions and small things. It's not just a small question. It's not just a small thing. It's the switching in and out of different brain gears all throughout the day that actually compromises the ability to move into deep creativity, to have spaces that uh, allow you to go all in on something that would really, really, really move the needle, or to be in your own creative spaces. This is really important. And often, you know, sometimes people will reach out and they'll say, uh, like, oh, this is only going to take two minutes. Well, yes, but also a lot of those added up over time makes a huge difference. So anyway, that's a really important thing. And actually one of the things I've got a, a client who she works on, you know, multi, 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 multi million dollar contract. She's got a 15 million dollar contract at the moment she's working on. She's a um, really great client of mine. And so one of the things that we did um, when we first started working together is we significantly cleaned up her space. And so she's got a full-time team of like, you know, too many details, but she's the CEO CEO of a large company. She's got a huge team underneath her with different levels of service. And uh, she was available to too many people too often. And there would be lots of people with small questions that would come to her. And it congested her space so much that she wasn't able to essentially go to a higher level in her level of operating, which her level of operating was needed to move the business to the next level, to take on bigger multi-million dollar contracts. And if she was stuck with small, it's just two minutes, hey, can I just have your ear for one minute type conversations, those small conversations put at risk the big picture of where they can take their company in Australia over the coming five to 10 years, because it is seriously massive. And I think it's really, really important that we, wherever you're at in your life, that you really, truly um, like understand and respect, I guess, your own time. Well, respect, first of all, your own time. Secondly, that we understand how our brains work and how we best work and function. And then we support ourselves to have our life and things set up to more often than not support ourselves to be in spaces that are more highly productive and more maximize our time. So let's get back to this multi conversation. Multitasking might feel like it's useful, productive, I'm getting two or three things done at the same time as it would take to get one thing done. That's not reality. A lot of research suggests that multitasking, can actually reduce productivity by as much as 40%. It's crazy. I think what we need to do more than that is, one, after we collect, we value our time and we really understand these things, then we've got to kind of create a bit of an action plan. And I think part of that action plan and definitely what works for me is, one, knowing the things that are actually the most important, the things that move the needle the most, and then, focusing there first and in particular i focus on the things and and try to don't always get it perfect but I aim to try to do the things that are the most needle-moving, important things when my brain is the most fresh. For example, I actually started recording these podcast episodes this morning, got up at 5am, started recording by 6am because my brain was the most fresh then, right? Today is just happens to be, um, which I've planned it for today, my day off the gym, otherwise I'd usually be at the gym by 6 So I've been able to really focus on podcast episodes all throughout today in the morning and we're now early afternoon because this is when my brain's really fresh. I've been in deep podcast mode all day. So I've just really been able to get way more fucking efficient with my recording. And then this afternoon when my brain starts feeling tired, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to pay attention to that and then I'm going to go have a break later on. And then this afternoon, later this afternoon, I'm going to then sit down with my project management um, software. And there's probably about 10, 15 questions in there that I haven't answered in the last 48 hours. And I will batch doing all of those things together all at once. That just works so well. So I'd say number one is make sure you know what's the most important stuff that you need to do. Two, schedule it into your calendar to focus on something and really focus in on that chunk and go all in and see how much you can actually get completed three if you've got little small things that keep coming up into your space i think it's a really great idea to look at how you can batch those things together and the other thing i'd actually even say is like how much of some of the small stuff that is in your space can you do one of these two things either delete it like really challenge yourself to see Do you actually need to be doing that thing that's in your space? Or can you delegate it? So out of these small things, what can I actually get other people to do, right? Could be your kids, could be your partner, could be someone around you. So where could you delegate something? Or where could you automate something? So this is the process of delegate, delete, automation. And I feel like this is, is slightly outside of the conversation of multitasking, but I think it's within the world and the realm of like, actually being more efficient and effective, which is this conversation. So you know, we can really re-look at a lot of things in our life and look at where can we delete, delegate, or automate. And this is something that I started taking on really seriously about 10 years ago where I really looked at everything in my life. I looked at delete, delegate, automate. There was a lot of things that were in my space that I thought, you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna go through and be ruthless and look at what is the stuff that I can delete. And I freed up a lot of space just by deleting. I'll give you one tiny example. I know this is kind of hilarious, but <laughs> I always feel like I don't wanna say this. So back years ago, I decided to stop Um, this was back when I actually did washing, I don't these days, but back years ago I decided to stop using pegs. Now you're going to see how my brain has really worked with efficiency over the years. So I timed myself putting washing out using pegs versus putting washing out without pegs and I was shaving a few minutes off every time I hung my washing out. I don't know about you but I actually give a shit about saving a few minutes. And if I can save a few minutes here, a few minutes here, a few minutes here, a few minutes here, that adds up so significantly over time. So here's how I used to save time back in the day when I was really time poor, is I didn't use pegs when I hung my washing out. That saved a few minutes. I just literally folded them over the line. The second thing is, is that when I brought the washing in, my cupboard, and look, each to their own, but this is exactly what worked for me. I would put washing into piles, I didn't fold it, and all of the towels and the things like that got put into a pile, and I just put the pile of towels and sheets into my cupboard. So, and then in the kitchen drawer was a pile of tea towels, they weren't folded. I was not going to waste the extra five minutes that it took to fold shit when I could save that time. So I've always had an eye on effectiveness and efficiency, been really keen for a very, very, very long time. It started when I started my business of not wasting any more time than what I need to on stuff that does not move the needle. And I figured that putting pegs onto the washing was a waste of fucking time. And also folding my towels was a waste of time. It was time that was not going to move the needle, didn't I just didn't care. People could grab a screwed up towel out of the cupboard and they could dry themselves just the same as if I had spent the time folding it. I know that's not for everyone, but if you take that one principle with those two things and you put that across every little area of your life, that is one of the ways in which I've saved a huge amount of time when I was in those early years that I redirected always through things that were, for me, the most important, the most needle-moving, and I was very clear on my super high-value tasks. So for me, the high-value tasks were, um, outside of actually caring for myself, was moving my business forward and supporting my family. Those were the two things, moving my business forward, supporting my family, being the best mum and wife I could be, moving the business forward. If that didn't come into those things, I couldn't have cared. There was a lot of things in our house that, that uh, that were the same principle of screwed up towels in the cupboard, because I valued more spending the time on things that truly mattered to me. So there was, and let's go back to that. So delete, delegate, automate. So I looked through my life constantly to look at where I could delete and save time to reinvest where it mattered. Delegate, so that's definitely, and I've talked about that in other podcast episodes where I looked at where I could start delegating things that were like small stuff in my space to keep freeing time up and then automate like back in the day back in the day there was a lot of stuff that I really started to automate include like grocery shopping automate that on a automation where it would get delivered etc just really cleaning up a lot of small stuff now with that level of thinking over the years like there is I look at now there's just very little small stuff in my space. Everything is delegated out. I've just also recorded a conversation today on the level to which we have support, and that I have support in my life, that everything is delegated out. Like everything, everything. My hair gets dried by a hairdresser three times a week who comes around. Our dogs get walked a couple of times a week by a dog walker. Meals are prepared. Just like literally everything is delegated. But the way in which we got there is that I've always looked through this lens of being really highly efficient with time and it started off small as you could tell by the pegs but it's this but it's just I guess that ongoing commitment to looking at things through that lens has allowed me over time to get more and more efficient now what that means is that today these days there is so much time and space to do the things that I want that either fill my creativity tank have me feel amazing support the family or be creative What does that mean now in my life? Well, it means that I've got the time, the space, the energy to create the big shit that I want to create. Like we've got some really big visions of what we want to achieve over the next five to 10 years. And with looking at life through this lens for so long, it's got me into the position where time is very freed up. I work about 10 hours a week. So there's about in terms of the things that I have to do. And then that means that there's 30 if, if I was looking at like a forty-hour week, there's thirty hours a week—that's always free to put to get to put towards whatever project that I want to do. Now that means that if I want to have a, have several months off of doing nothing and just be creatively refueled, then I can do that because there's the space to do it. But if we've got a big creative project, then that time gets transferred to focusing on that project. And I'm, I'm sharing this stuff because I know there is a lot, a lot, a lot of women. In the that listen to this podcast and that follow my conversations on social media etc that you know you guys have a lot of stuff in your heart that you want to create and I guess I want to keep bringing these conversations to remind you that whatever you're seeing matters and that there are other ways there are so many ways in which you can approach your life that frees your time up over time. This is like the Pantene ad. It's you know, it, can, it will happen, but it doesn't happen overnight. I think I munched that motto, but you know what I'm saying? We get to create the circumstances of our life to be however we want, but it can take over time. And I want to encourage you that if you're listening to this episode and you're in a place where you time poor at the moment, you've got a lot on your place, you've got a lot of balls in the air. I want to really encourage you to start small, but start ironing some of those things out to just... Gradually, step by step, really get yourself into a place where you're being, I guess, more efficient with your time. And I want to keep bringing these conversations here to help with that. So whether being more efficient with your time has you say where you're going to stop doing shit, awesome. Whether it's going to have you look at your things in your life and make new decisions, great whether it's going to have you perhaps start all delegating out and maybe you're going to have to deal with your people-pleasing stuff in the process, great. Or if 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 it has you think, shit, you know what, I'm starting to see that maybe this thing that I thought I was doing, like multitasking, is actually not doing the thing that I thought. I thought that I was multitasking, saving time, but what I'm realizing is I'm actually not being super productive, that there could be another way. So maybe if you're in that basket, You might start, you know, it's just a progression over time, a bit of muscle that we build upon. Might start choosing the things that are the most important to you, ring fencing some time to go deep into that space and really get effective and productive with that. And then just build the muscle to be more single task focused on the things that are most important to you, while also putting down boundaries around small distractions at that time and somehow ring fencing those smaller distractions so that they kind of can be dealt with at a certain point in your day or in your week where you can focus more purely just on all right I've got an hour here I'm going to knock out responses to all of those things and I think it's um really important that we support ourselves more and more if we want to create shit in the world at the end of the day we've all got the same amount of hours available to us And while we are all at different parts of our life and we've got different circumstances currently, I think over time with the right focus, commitment, goals, and then approach, we can start moving ourselves in the direction of what we want. If you got some value out of this, I would love if you helped me connect these episodes with more people. Please share this conversation either on your socials. Feel free to tag me and I always reshare or um, share this with a friend who you know you'd get a lot of value out. And if you have any questions for future episodes, then flick me a DM over at Kate Ruby KateRubyAroha. Uh, let me know the topic or the question that you have that you'd like me to answer. And if you'd like your name and a shout out to your Instagram included in the episode, let me know that. And of course, if it's a... Um, If it's a personal question and you want it to be confidential in terms of, hey, please leave this anonymous on the episode who asked the question, I'm happy to respect either way. All right, have an awesome day and I'll see you in the next episode of She Leads A New Future. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This is a reminder that if you're in Australia or New Zealand and you haven't yet got your tickets to the one, then go to the website now. Find the location closest to you and get it sorted. Early bird tickets will be ending soon. Man, massive breakthroughs, like unbelievable. Having the balls to actually be myself and not run away from challenges that I've probably run away from in the past and take them head on. It's taken me to another place. I'm just not the same person that I was when I walked in. If you get an opportunity to experience this event, do it for you and everyone around you.